This week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts, helping podcasters get their shows off the ground and running at a low, low cost. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today to get started. Hit up the contact us section, fill out your information, and your show could be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast platforms in no time. It's professional-sounding podcast production done the right way at a low rate without you ever having to think about any of the production stuff you don't have to learn how to edit you don't have to learn how to get your show wherever you need it to get to all you have to do is sign up with pretty easy podcasts worry about the content worry about being creative and doing your show your way go to prettyeasypodcast.com. This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. What the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL. Welcome, football fans. This is the week of August 4th, 2019. This is the road to 2020, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. This week, we examine what an XFL broadcast might look like, and we give you an unprecedented look at the XFL's league-building process through the eyes of a summer showcase player. This is episode 80. You gotta be versatile. And you gotta be ready because we are only twenty-eight weeks away <laughs> from kickoff for season one of the yeah. XFL. And what a fun week this was, Bryant. I got to talk to a guy, I'm gonna go out and say it, is going to be an XFL offensive lineman and maybe one of the better ones. It's going to be a, uh, some insight into the showcases that we haven't received before. I'm excited for this. Our, our interview with Sean Hickey. Uh, I, yeah, it, some good insight there, and, and definitely uh, I think everybody's going to enjoy this for sure. Uh, what a week it is. Uh, it is now August 4th as you hear this show, and uh, we didn't get the team names, Alan. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, but there are rumors out there that we're going to get them uh, before you know it. And maybe by next show, we'll talk about that. But uh, we we have yeah we have some speculation for that. We have also some speculation and fun to talk about the uh, broadcasts. I want to talk about some of uh, the aspects we haven't really mentioned too much on this show yet, and that is how the networks are going to approach the XFL and who they're going to have broadcast these games in the booth on the field what they're going to do what it will look like. We had some names hired this week by XFL networks that piqued a lot of people's interest it got people talking so we'll get into that but the sean hickey interview i'm telling you everybody right now it's off the hook i mean mongo it's his nickname brian you're gonna hear from mongo he former syracuse offensive lineman i spoke with him earlier this week was at the xfl showcase summer showcase in jersey and i i mean i didn't expect him to be so candid you're gonna hear an awesome interview I'm I'm going out on a limb saying an awesome interview with a guy who's probably going to be in the XFL, and that'll be coming up. But let's get back. Let's get you know back where we need to be. It's the beginning of the show, Bryant. Let's recap last week real quick and everything that led up to this show. Last episode, we talked a lot about players who could be XFL bound that are currently competing for NFL roster spots in training camps and in the preseason. 
We began the Chronicles of Theoretic, and uh, he ended up signing with the Denver Broncos. Uh, side note, anybody who's on the Patreon or thinking about it, hilarious stuff on Theoretic and just <laughs> overall NFL training camps as it pertains to the XFL from Vince earlier this week. Uh, apparently, Theoretic more valuable than some of the elite running backs in the NFL. Who would have thought, Brian? Yeah, he's uh, Vince is always a character. He he uh, got super excited last week. If you check it out, we retweeted it as well. A converse, uh, a little moment in Vince's history in terms of uh, excitement that I've never seen him have before when it came to Michael Crabtree. Uh, Crabtree playing with uh, uh, Hell Mummy's offense in Dallas. He got so excited. He for won't that. stop talking like, about it. He will not he shut up he about really it. Won't. Um, a lot of great combinations. I think uh, we tweeted out earlier this week some names to look for at the Hall of Fame game. We'll probably keep doing that as the uh, NFL preseason continues, uh, but definitely some players that we, we we should be keeping our eyes on um, as the preseason goes forward. Yeah, that, that was really awesome part of last week. The uh, Pro Football Advisory Board talk that I, I liked went over so many people's heads, apparently, and I, I, don't, I understand because it is – that was a, a – uh, something that nobody really saw coming or really understands yet and hasn't been explained, but we try to dive into that. We, I mean, and then not to mention all the bonus material we did last week. Bryant was, I mean, I feel like we've been doing a show every single day for the Patreon, and uh, some of those shows will end up, I, I think, hitting the free feed eventually, but bonus shows on what do we talk about? Fantasy football in the XFL, uh, young or and or ineligible college players, possibly being in the XFL. A lot of people talking yep. about guys like Trevor Lawrence, maybe not that caliber, but uh, other good college football players who maybe want to turn pro earlier than they're allowed to in the NFL. We did an entire show on that. And then, of course, July's bonus show where we talked about just about the craziest hypothetical you can imagine. What was It was hypothetical sandwich is what it was. It was just hypothetical on top of hypothetical. Uh, it was a double-double animal style out here with, with those hypotheticals. Uh, but it was, if the NFL uh, did not play in 2021, what should the XFL do because of the CBA issues that they probably are going to have? We did a lot on Patreon, a lot of shows, a lot of extra content there. So go check it out. This isn't a, a, a too much of a push, but uh, we did do a lot. And, Alan, I think I've talked to you every day this week, and, man, that's, that's a lot of talking to you, to be honest with you. I, I know it's been the greatest week of your life. I know you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to tell me, but the best part about it is it's about to get better, Bryant. Because if you're ready to get into this week's cover too, we're going to start off with that amazing interview I had earlier this week with Sean Hickey. If if you are ready, are you ready? Uh, the way you've hyped this up, I don't know if I am, but I'm going to try my best. How the hell are you doing, Brainiacs? Long Allen Ice T here. I'm ready to talk pro grabs with you this week, but I'm also ready to get to the bottom. Who attacked Roman Reigns with, what, what was that man called wired, a forklift? The Long Allen, it is I, a man called wired. And I don't know if it was a forklift. I don't know. There's so many questions. The biggest question since who ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin with the car. It, it, it's so, so, I really want to question Caleb Braxton. That's I, what I really want to do. I want to question everybody. I'll question you. Were you the one who did it? No comment. Brainiacs, I'm putting everybody on the lie detector this week on Brain Buster Radio. And we're also going to. We'll keep hyping up SummerSlam. It's coming up. Plus, we got All Elite Wrestling planning some huge matchups already for their TNT debut. And, and not to mention All Out's fastly approaching. We've got the biggest day in professional wrestling of the year coming up at the end of the month. We need to begin hyping that up, A Man Called Wired. Do you realize there's like nine shows on August 31st at the same time? 
Long Allen, all I know is that on August 11th, it's the biggest party of the summer. We have pregnant champions. We have uh, fiends. We have everything you can imagine. And the man called Wired is promising uh, that day to be the biggest day in the history of professional wrestling. Bigger than August 31st. You know what I'm going to tell you is going to be even bigger than that. It's going to be Brain Buster Radio this week. It's summertime. Everybody's feeling hot. Brainiacs, join us for some pro-graps. Tweet it, read it, tout it, shout it. Be all about it at the Brain Busters on Twitter, Instagram, Instagram Junior, Facebook, and hit us up on your favorite podcast gimmick. Here we go. It's time for the cover two. Going for two. Go for two and the lead. And trust me, it's going to deliver, Bryant, because Sean Hickey was a Syracuse third team all ACC offensive tackle. And I got to speak with him earlier this week. He has been in NFL camps for the Vikings, the Jaguars, the Saints, a few other teams. He's gone and he's lasted an entire season on an NFL practice squad. So he is one of those guys we talk about, right? Just something keeping him from being in the NFL on a 53 man. But he's done the work. He's in his now approaching his late 20s and was just about to get out of it. But the XFL Summer Showcase has happened last month, and we've talked to players before on the show going into the Summer Showcases, right? And those were insightful, for sure. But this is a post-showcase interview, and a guy who has a pedigree when it comes to experience at the highest level. I mean, the guy was with the Vikings going against that defensive line. We're talking about one-on-ones with Everson Griffin, a monster. He's He's been there, and... He's looking to keep his football dream alive, Bryant. So you're about to hear uh, from the mind of a guy or the, the, the words of a guy here that is, I, I think, the exact type of player the XFL is looking, looking for. If you have anything left to say before I play the interview for you, uh, go ahead. I'll just say this. I'm looking at his uh, stat sheet here. Uh, almost 40 consecutive games played for the Syracuse Orange uh, he was signed with Saints and the Patriots in 2015, the Jets and Vikings in 2016, and then your whole year that you're talking about was with the Miami Dolphins in 2017. Uh, he ended up getting cut by them in 2018 and then signed with Jacksonville in 2018 but didn't really make it to the season. Uh, you're right. This is the type of player that uh, the XFL can use, someone who has that that taste but for whatever reason can't get over that hump. This is a perfect way to, to show his skills. So hopefully – I haven't listened to this interview at all. Cards on the table, so I'm excited to see what's going on. Yeah, and not only is it great because this guy really has, I think, what it takes to be in the XFL, and I won't be surprised if if and when he makes it, but also uh, super candid. He's going to say some things about you know the player's perspective going into this, this XFL venture and what it means for them and the decisions they're facing and, and, and all of that. It, you know, we haven't really heard that side yet, and you're about to right here on This is the XFL Show. Part one of our cover two is our interview with XFL prospect offensive lineman Sean Hickey. Sean Hickey, welcome to This is the XFL Show. Man, we know that player announcements are coming soon for the league, but before we even talk XFL, i got to ask you about your nickname, Mongo. I heard through the grapevine is what you're called. How'd that come to be? Uh, um, yeah, that was a high school and a middle school nickname and midget football nickname. I, uh, I was like, uh, I had to be 10 years old, 11 years old, and 
uh, one of the like a taller kids on the team, and uh, and actually an old NFL player, uh, Tom Flynn. He played at Pitt. Uh, I played won a Super Bowl with the Giants. He played for the Packers. He was one of my coaches, and he brought up uh, the. Blazing Saddles movie where the old uh, I forget his name the old defensive lineman for the uh, Lions he died a couple of years ago yeah. and he like punches he sucker punches a horse and knocks it out and uh, he he's gave me that nickname uh, back in midget football that it stuck through high school so yeah, yeah that was my nickname for I love it keep, keeping the spirit of Alex Karras alive we, we I love it yeah man. that was it that was it yeah <laughs> well your former former Syracuse offensive lineman third team all ACC you've got credentials you've been in some NFL training camps and I'm sure that's what uh, led to the XFL noticing you is 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 it they who reached out to you or did you angle to get the invite to the to the summer showcase you went to there in New Jersey uh so I'll be in the league four years, like on teams and on practice squads every year. And uh, last year, I got a shot at the Jaguars after I was with Miami in twenty all twenty seventeen, and then I got let go in June of eighteen after the draft. And the Jags picked me up, and it was a good situation. Everything was going good. Then I uh, then I uh, had a grade two tear in my calf, and right before before the first preseason game, and that was a real that was a real. Uh, hit to my career because preseason tape would keep me alive to get back on P squads. If I got picked up before camp and that was kind of a, a uh, bummer. And uh, it really derailed me because that was a good situation for me personally the, the, with the numbers and playing well. So uh, when I stayed in shape and nothing came up during the season, I, I had some interest, but in terms of like, I was on a few boards but nothing popped up. So after the season ended, my agent said, let's stay in shape through the draft. And I'm always going to be in shape, but I was still in the playing weight through the draft. And after the draft, when rookie mini camps came out, if you're not on a team, you can get invited. And I didn't get one. So I kind of realized it's probably over. So I started losing weight. And then as I was losing weight, dropping weight, dropping weight, uh, then the XFL gave me uh, an invite. And it was pretty spur of the moment in terms of we all found out like two and a half weeks, three weeks before the showcase actually started. We actually had the showcase. So I sat there and I thought, I still want to play, of course, uh, but it comes down to, I made a pretty good amount of money. I mean, just to move on from, to, from football, but at the same time, uh, when you don't get paid for a while, it starts to go down a little bit. So I had to make a financial decision. Do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? So I said, how about I just go? No harm in going to the showcase and just see how I do. And I went and it went pretty – all the feedback I got was very positive, and I did. And I thought I did pretty well, uh, very well, especially given we only had a couple of weeks' notice, and I was basically just lifting. I was just still lifting and trying to cut calories and doing some cardio. So it went very well, and – uh we all got an email for an invite, and I was one of them. And I said, "What the heck? Let's go!" And my passion to play is still there. And I felt, knowing how much they're going to pay, it, it for a relatively short season, it, it it seemed like it it was worth it to me. Now a couple other leagues, the CFL has reached out, arena, indoor, and I didn't feel those were um, worth it in terms of finances. But because uh, I obviously want to play, but you have to be realistic about life also. And, uh, but the XFL is definitely worth it. And I was happy to get the invite. That's really cool that, that 
that you you paint it that way, Sean, because we've had a lot of talk on our show about the XFL making it worth it for the players, and there are other options, but some of them, you know, you got to go up north to Canada, and, and some of them just don't pay enough. But you, you're saying that the XFL, you think right now with with how they they've let the players know the pay is going to be structured and this league is going to function, you think it, it makes sense for a lot of guys like you who have pl- had experience on practice squads and could be NFL players if it weren't for you know bummers like you said with your calf and injuries and whatnot. Uh, you, you think the XFL overall is doing a good job of making this league worthwhile for the players? Absolutely. It was when it was always interesting when the XFL was coming out and you knew it was coming and you saw the AFL rush their product out on the, they rushed it when they really shouldn't have just to beat the XFL because they knew the money that was going to be behind it. And it, it didn't work out. And, uh, but that league still got player, got players that were good enough to be in the NFL or for at some point in time. And they felt they were good enough but they felt that they didn't want to go play for $500 a week in the indoor league, or they didn't want to go up to Canada and be stuck up there as a, if you're an American player and you go up to Canada, you're a rookie. If even if you're in the NFL for four years, you're still, you're considered a rookie up there and you have to sign a two year contract in which if an NFL team would offer you after a year, the, the, the CFL has no obligation to let you go. And I know a lot of American players get stuck up there and they have to have that American-Canadian uh, ratio. This past, uh, what was it, in May, a, a Canadian team asked me to come up there, uh, like to come up for training camp and all that stuff. And uh, you know, you can play. I didn't even, I didn't even respond because I've already been through the CFL, like, and analyzing that process. And I said, no, I don't want to do it. And then two extra, two NFL seasons, uh, I my uh, three years ago, I got offered and. I went to Minnesota and I made a whole year out of it. And then the following year, the same thing happened. And I made a whole lot a year out of in Miami and I'm happy I didn't take those. And then this past year it happened again. And I said, I'd rather, it's just, it's two years. It's not much money. The conversion rate isn't worth it for the money. My 27 years old. Now, if you're 23 years old, it might be a little different, but, XFL right now is definitely by far the preferred league for players that know they can play. They feel they're good enough to play, but it still makes it financially worth it. And the the uh, health their their uh, the the details haven't come out yet, but health insurance is going to be a part of it. So that's also big because in like the CFL, the American health insurance gets a little like gets a little gray area, and that's a part of the reason why I didn't want to do it. So the XFL is making it worthwhile for the, us players to not move on into a professional career if we had to, and like after the NFL opportunities dried up and move on to another career, this is making us think twice and keep on playing football. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought there should be an option like the CFL in the States for players, and that's hopefully what the XFL will be when it comes to, you know, there's so many talented football players out there that could still be playing the game. They just, you know, for whatever reason, aren't on an NFL roster. So that's why we're all looking forward to this league being in the spring, especially. It makes a lot of sense, but some guys are going to be faced with decisions, and you have experience playing on practice squad, Sean. How do you think guys will approach? I know it's a case-by-case thing, but overall – how do you think a guy would approach it if it was you, if you had the choice of an NFL practice squad gig or playing time in the XFL? 
How would you how would you approach that decision? It, I, I've actually thought about this. It depends. It depends how old you are. I feel if the younger you are, you want to probably ride with the NFL because if someone would get hurt, um, then you can get bumped up. But also, it also depends on how many teams you've been on. The the once you're off your first team for whatever reason, it could be numbers, it could be you could have done well, but you're on a practice squad, but a safety gets hurt, they have to let you go, and then you might get picked up by another team instead of waiting for the other team to bring you back. But once you start switching teams, it's it's the trend is it's the easier you are to get cut again. So once that starts happening for a couple of years and you're able to latch back on to another team and get on another practice squad, it, it starts getting a little harder in terms of it, it, it's kind of just the way the trend is. It, it, it's kind of hard to explain, but uh, so then the only film you're getting for this, uh, for the rest of the, the league is a few is like maybe four quarter. Like if you play one quarter in the first preseason game, you play one quarter in the second preseason game, you play maybe one in the third and you play half of a fourth. That's not that much film. And then the only team that really knows you is the practice squad that you're already on. And for whatever reason, if they don't keep you and you only have, let's say, two or three quarters of tape in the preseason or maybe, let's say, four, that's not much to ride on. So then the older you get, you kind of want to get the film. So it kind of depends on how old you are. But uh, and also what's, what's tough, depending on the, how much the pay is actually finalized, once the NFL season ends, you're not you're making twelve thousand dollars. You're not like you're making twelve to thirteen grand through training camp, from January to training camp. That's not much money at all. I mean, it's barely anything. And you're kind of riding or dying if you're going to be on a, a roster or a practice squad to make the year financially worthwhile. Which is what's nice about the XFL: ten seat, ten weeks, well, training camp, and then a ten week season, then the playoffs right in the spring. Like it would be nice if you were on a P squad to be able to go play that in the off season just to get money and then go back, but that's a lot of football and that wouldn't work with the PA. But uh, it's very, it's a very worthwhile league if you're a little older and you need the tape. Like it's definitely, definitely the longer you go without much tape, the harder it gets. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So we're talking guys who are maybe uh, 27, 26 through maybe to 30. And they have experience like you on practice squads. We're looking at guys like that who are probably going to say the XFL is going to be a little bit better decision. And even younger guys, too. Maybe it depends on you know, the personal situation. If you need um, more stable money, you you would assume that you'd probably go with the XFL then, right? Yes, yes. So, for sure, because if you, um, if you uh, let's say, I mean, if, if you don't, if you get in a training camp, if you got brain on in the, in the spring, like, the later you get brought in, let's say you got brought in the very end of OTAs, or you get brought in mini camp, you get signed, and you go right in the camp. The longer you haven't been there, the further you are behind in the playbook, but also just in the locker room in general. And the harder it is to make it. You could have a great camp, but they just view you as the guy that just got there, and they might keep you on P squad. But uh, if you're kind of gambling every your entire year off on of on your training camp and seeing if they keep you. So that gets very stressful. It gets very hard. Yeah, it's, and it's very it's it's a, it's a tough gig. And if you don't make it, then you 
almost waste an entire year financially. Yeah, that's that's definitely taking a gamble. And like you said, the tape is is so important, and and now the XFL yes. is giving you the option of putting a lot more out there. If you want to go back to the NFL, I'm sure we'll see that happen a lot with players going to the XFL and maybe getting another shot. We saw it with the AAF, and they only lasted, you know, eight weeks. Uh, when, it, when it comes to the uh, the showcase you went to, and now, you know, ever since, we were a few, you know, what, a month since or so, a little over, have you heard anything from the league? Did they give you a timetable on when and now, uh, emails or, or, or would come out or if they'd be calling you? Yeah, so I I wanted to know this for myself. I mean, being 27 years old, I was body-wise transitioning out to try to get down to about 280 pounds. I was about like 295 when I got the email. I was about to go, and I was able to get to 300 when I went to the showcase. And I kind of wanted to know, like, all right, I'm kind of putting my life on hold here and uh, just having a couple small jobs just to try to save the money that I already made. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what the game plan is. And I try to, I try to talk to my agent, but they didn't really let anything slip until at, like I knew at right after the showcase, I got taken aside like where other people didn't. And I had a little extensive uh, talks with uh, people on the New York staff. And uh, I kind of got the feeling after the showcase that for me personally, I did myself uh, uh, some, I did myself as a service by going to get picked up and I felt I did a pretty good job there and I but I wanted to follow up with my agent though so I had my agent try to get in contact once all of the um, showcases were done I don't think they were really letting much slip during while the showcases were going on but once they were done I got feedback back through my agent and they said I that I did it uh, very well and I'm like uh, like I want to give me a definite but pretty hopeful to sign the letter of intent uh, that's coming up, I believe in August, they're going to start, uh, offering sometime this month, we'll start offering those. And then the drafts in mid October or sometime in October. So the letter of intents will go out to put you into the draft. And then you would find out where you go come draft time. That's the information that I know. Cool. So, so the, you, so I was at the Jersey showcase uh, and, you know, I was watching afterwards and, and yeah, there were some guys who it ended and they, you know, just packed up and left. So you're saying shortly after the, the festivities ended and you know, the, the drills and whatnot, uh, you actually had some conversations with New York staff members and league staff members or. Yeah. 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 I just sat down. It was just, they kind of said the interest about you being a former NFL tackle and NFL guy and. Uh, I mean, they went up to everyone that like during the showcase to kind of get like a sense of what games should I watch, what games this or that. And then afterwards, some guys got taken aside and sat down for interviews. And I was fortunate enough to be one of them and uh, felt pretty good about that. And uh, going over NFL experience, I mean, going to, they said going against Indomitian Sue and Linville Joseph and Everson Griffith every day for a few years like that like you, you it's it's talent that you don't see every day so uh, uh they were just saying that that they were like like obviously they're going to want to take young guys as well but they want experience and that's where they're kind of looking to me for so hopefully that pays up pays off for me uh and for the xfl draft yeah it's, it's great that you stayed in your you stayed in shape and you you are in your your prime and it's like you know, timing's everything, man. So this could 
pretty much work out for you here with the with when the XFL comes calling and puts you into that player pool. We'll be rooting for you here. Uh, also, just a couple more questions before we let you go, man. This is awesome insight into the player perspective, which we often don't get to hear with the building of the league yet. But uh, we're going to get to learn a lot more about you guys as you become a part of the league, of course. But I want to know when you were at the showcase. I mean, they had they had uh, kind of like a lecture that Oliver Luck and Kevin Gilbride were a part of teaching fans about the rules. And, you know, they had PowerPoints and whatnot. Did they do any explaining of potential rules for the league to you guys in private? Because this league is going to have some some different uh, different aspects to the rule book. It's going to mostly be normal football, but they, they are going to make some changes. Did they do any explaining of the new rules to you guys? Uh, they mentioned that it's going to be a like, – it's going to be football, but it's going to be a little bit of it. It's going to be legit football, but it's going to be set up in different ways that are going to be exciting for the fans and in ways that haven't been really seen yet. But they didn't, they didn't go into detail. Uh, they, they just wanted us – I'm pretty sure when – we, when we got there, there was like just go out and compete, work hard, and go get a job. And they kind of – didn't really elaborate on what those rule changes are going to be. But, I mean, when you look online and you read into it, we know that there's going to be – they are going to have a different setup. But, like, the details of it, they did not go into that list. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, they, they are keeping a hush-hush. We're expecting that rule book to come out. But, you know, we do know some of the ideas that are floating around there. And the cool thing, I think, about it is these are changes, but they're not changes – uh, you know, that put players at any more risk, unlike the original XFL, which kind of just threw players out there and said, you know, go kill yourselves for the fans. This is with, you know, safety in mind as well, which is also good to know the league is taking into account. Uh, so you, you, you were in Jersey, uh, you played at Syracuse. Do you have a preferred XFL city you'd land in or system you'd play in knowing all the coaches are, are set up with their staffs now? Um, I didn't get to see the exact. I didn't take a look at all the exact staffs. If there's somewhere I know someone or I was coached by someone, I haven't uh, heard that yet. But I, I'm just looking for an opportunity. Um, they're kind of it's kind of like a U shaped almost when you look at the teams around the country with uh, New York, DC, Tampa, um, St. Louis, the Texas teams, and LA and Seattle. I mean, I would go anywhere. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, I know. I'm not sure if the where the, all the training camps are going to be held. I believe Texas, but like kind of like the AFL, but I don't know. Yeah, that's just me. That's, yeah, that's just rumors. Yeah, they're supposedly uh, going to be in Dallas, I believe. Yeah, so it it really it, it to me it doesn't matter. I mean, if I'm closer to if I'm closer, I'm, I live in Pittsburgh. So if I'm closer to Pittsburgh, then I mean, great. But I've, I've been all over the place, and I really enjoy going to different cities. So and traveling and living in cities. So I, it really does not matter to me. And you still got the fire to play, which is most important and all that really matters. Um, you got a preference last one, guard or tackle tackle. Um, I, uh, instinctually and like just growing up, I played tackle my entire life until I got to the NFL, uh, every game in college, every game in high school, every game. Like, so like instinctually, I'm a, I, I feel like tackles my, my gig, but, I played a lot of tackle and guard in the in the league, and I got uh, like when I was in Miami, when I was in uh, Minnesota, I was really clicking at guard. I really liked it, and I was starting to like get the instincts. I I, I know how to set at guard. I know how to do all this stuff, but it's just 
it's a little different with some of the footwork, some of the, the reactions, like how the games work out, how their rushes are. They attack all the ends, have a lot of space, and a lot of time to think, and you have a lot of time to think on what they're going to do and react. Whenever whenever it's down the tra- down guard, it's very quick. Everything happens a lot faster because they're right in front of you. So you have it's just a little different mindset, a lot less space. So it's a little different adjustment, but I'm fine with both. The more positions you can play, the more valuable you can. And you even try to. Uh, I mean, before I haven't got any live reps at it, but I'm going to be also be trying to learn center uh, to be able trying to see if I'm going to be able to functionally snap. Because if I could play five positions, then that's very rare. So I'll be trying to work on that leading up to uh, training camp if I'm drafted. We got to be versatile, and I know you aren't, man, because you just came on the podcast and killed it. We got to have you back on when you're playing in the league, and we'll we'll talk about some upcoming games and recaps of XFL games with you. This was tremendous, Sean. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Mongo! There he is. Alan, I, uh, Alan I, I like I like Hickey's thing at the end. Can I try hosting one of these days? And I want to make sure I'm available for all positions on this show. Oh, you you mean you want a quarterback this show? You quarterback the not XFL show on <laughs> Patreon. Don't get greedy. You didn't hear Hickey. T- you didn't hear Mongo saying he wanted to play quarterback there now, Brian. Ease <laughs> up. But uh, Mongo, Sean Hickey there, explaining how there really is incentive when it comes to the XFL for players, I thought it was the most eye-opening. Players facing the opportunities in the NFL, some of them the long-shot opportunities, or the the more realistic and also financially secure opportunity in the XFL, the XFL is making it indeed, uh, uh, giving players, excuse me, a reason indeed to, to join their league. And you heard it right there from a, a guy who's probably going to be playing in the league. Yeah, the, the, what I caught the most out of it was the the simplicity of how much you can make in the spring compared in the XFL compared to how much you can make from January through the start of the season in the NFL as part of a practice squad or or um, just a, raw, a, tra- a training camp invitee. Uh, that's an interesting aspect that I didn't really think too much about, Alan. I think we're all talking about whether or not they're going to stick around for 2019. Um, and play in the practice squads there, but you got to think about 2020 and, and what you're going to do after the season, and if you're going to get invited back. So some great insight there, and 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 good perspective from uh, from somebody who you're right seems very definitely that they're actually going to be the league. Yeah, I mean, if we if you go by the fact that he told us he was brought aside by by coaches afterwards, and I was there, I'm telling you, not a lot of players were being pulled to the side. The, those drills ended, and people left, got in their cars, and they and they left Montclair State. Uh, also, you know, the, the fact that this guy was recently on a practice squad for a full year, but he brought up the guys who bounce from practice, from squad to squad, they, they I kind of have, you know, the so-called scarlet letter on them. They're going to be staying away from those guys, the NFL teams, because they see they're easily cut. They're guys who are camp bodies, as they say, which I find a little bit derogatory, especially in a day and age where we have uh, a new league coming and opportunities, and these are football players, and that's what I call them. Sean player, Sean Hickey's definitely one of them, and I just thought that was so cool to just get the, the point of view from a player. We've heard on this show from coaches, from the commissioner himself, from team presidents, and now we're hearing from a guy looking to break into the league and 
who is very close to it, was at the summer showcases and is now patiently waiting to get that phone call or email. And uh, very, very insightful there from Sean Hickey. Hopefully we'll have him on again whenever he's uh, p- protecting someone's blind side in the XFL. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Landry Jones in the How Mummy offense. Who knows? <laughs> no preference on where he plays. He just wants to play. That's a great attitude to have. And, and hopefully he – um, he, he gets signed and he gets drafted. Some good insight too about when we can start expecting uh, "quote unquote" letters of intent uh, starting here in August <laughs> and, and in the draft that we expect in October. So uh, things are rolling, like we keep saying. Uh, the XFL is is not slowing down in terms of anything as it leads to 2020. You can't only 28 weeks and we're not slowing down because we got another part of this cover too, Bryant real quick question. I don't want to spend too much time on it because everybody's talking about it and it's going to happen. And when it does, everybody could relax and well, they can give us their thoughts Hate or, or really enjoy it. The team names, of course, another week comes by and we don't have them yet. We were told probably in January didn't happen, uh, but we did hear that maybe August would be the final month that you'd have to wait till for team names. And now we're hearing rumors through uh, XFL Internet uh, or XFL social media, I guess you would say Twitter and Reddit and anywhere you look that some people are saying the team names are coming this week, Bryant. And if that's the case, that means next show we're going to have team names to, to react to. So here it is, our our final chance, apparently, to give any last-minute guesses or changes to the team names that we've been talking about all along. Do you have anything you need to put out there before the official names come out, if indeed this is the week? Well, just in regards to the, the team names being announced next week, I just want to backtrack a little bit and talk about uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a earthquake 4th of July weekend out here in California. So I want to congratulate everybody who said it was earthquake weather the day before that. Um, eventually, these people will be right. We're going to get team names the next week if you keep saying it. Uh, maybe. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's great if they do. And if they, if they come out and, and the Internet's correct and good on them. But... Uh, it's is it the furthest thing from my mind? I don't want to say that. I'm excited for team names. I want them to come out. I want I want to have something to talk about when it comes to those team names. I'm not living on edge. I'm not waking up every morning hoping that they're announced that day. Yeah, the thing but, about it is with the team names, and I, I, you know, I don't really think there is that. There are a few. I think it's a, a small amount of people who are very vocal that are upset there are no team names yet. Yeah. But it's not the end of the world for sure. It's not even close to it. And also, there's so much, so many other things to be excited about and talk about with the XFL. That's not the only thing. I know it's high on people's lists, but when it comes, it'll come. And it's not like they're not going to have team names. So I, I feel like it's a. They're kids who can't wait for Christmas, and they're shaking the presents, Brian. And now they're trying to open them. <laughs> If you're if you're only uh, excited for the XFL because of team names, then there, you have other there's other issues to worry about because that's <laughs> not what the X is really about. But we'll, 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 we'll I'll digress and I'll and I'll answer your question here. Yeah, the XFL is not about two words. It's not about team names. It's about three words, Bryant. Good crisp football. Yeah. And remember it. And that, yep. Cool. Remember they're well. I guess that's not they're listening. Anyway. Um, Alan, I did go back and listen to our Patreon exclusive show. It was our first one uh, back in February where we all four got together and, and talked about XFL team names. And uh, there were some good ones on there, Alan. Uh, the one I think that I like the most. Seattle Sasquatches. Was, no, it was the New York Empire, 
that was one of my favorites. And the one I want to really talk about maybe a little bit on this show is we, we settled on the Tampa Bay bandits because of the old, uh, uh, USFL, but what about the Tampa Blackbeards? I almost like that one better. Uh, no, I don't like it better. No, not at all. But I like it. I there, Tampa Bay really. I don't think it's going to be tough to mess that up. There's a lot of great options. I think for the Tampa Bay franchise, Blackbeard is a good one. Blackbeards, or just Blackbeards. Sw- or Blackbeards, or Black. Nah, you can't just. How about the Blackbeards of Tampa? <laughs> That's. No, like uh, Anaheim, Anaheim. Uh, no, no, no. I don't think anybody <laughs> digs that. I, I think you could go Blackbeards. You could go Swashbucklers. You could go Scallywags. You could go <laughs> what Bandits. Is it, is it, um, Sass, uh, Sasparilla. Sasparilla. Yeah, isn't that like a, a festival <laughs> down there? Yeah, there, Tampa really is. I, I don't think that's one city. I don't think you can mess it up. Hopefully not. Hopefully it's Bandits because I think. The, the opportunity for cool merchandise is just it's it's all over the place with that uh there were other team names obviously I've been pushing hard the Seattle sasquatches but really if it, you have, can you tell but the, the one is la I don't think we thought too much about it because I think we all have a given that no, it's going to be extreme no no we talked really extensively about it we were discussing on whether or not it was going to be ex or just x <laughs> yeah because i don't remember what other name anybody <laughs> brought up for la although I'll, although I'll, i will say i i wouldn't mind you know sometimes you name a team name after the, the founders of the team is a popular thing like the nickname or something and we could call this team a, a, a few things we could call it the uh the la carrots I would be all about or the LA mosses or the LA, the LA wins. I like LA wins is pretty good too. Uh, that would be the just wins baby. LA um, stands for excellence. I, that's the, I mean, being an LA fan through and through, it's going to be hard if it's not the extreme. I've already kind of come to terms that it's not going to be the LA extreme, but Oh, man, I just this is a little glimpse of me that still hopes it is. One bold prediction: if this is indeed the week, one th- yeah. one thing you're absolutely confident about when it comes to the team names. Absolutely confident about. I think we're going to see the St. Louis Stallions. I think the XFL worked that one out. Um, but a bold prediction, man. Uh, I'm going to say that it's going to be the Seattle Kraken. That's the NHL name they were going for, wasn't it? And then they ended up saying no to it. Man, I don't even know if I want to say that. Cat. Okay, bold prediction. It's going to be the LA Extreme. I, I said it. There. All right. You put, you're locking it in. I like it. I'm going to lock in. You know what I'm locking in? Do you have an idea? Uh, if you say Sasquatches, I might walk off this show. That might be my threat every week, by the way. I am going to go out right now and guarantee to everybody waiting for these team names, that the Seattle team... All right, no, I'm not going to say for sure it's going to be Sasquatches. I'm not I'm not that <laughs> confident. I'm hoping for it. Uh, I'm going to say my bold prediction is going to be that the Tampa Bay team is going to be pirate-themed, for sure. <laughs> Has to be. What do you... Chances are we're just going to get uh, LAFC-type stuff. 
Los Angeles American football. Oh, club. zero, zero chance. No way, no way, no way, no way. Not going to happen. That's not, that'd be no. un American to do that. Over, Pe- under two animals. Ooh. Two and a half animals. I mean, what animal could you use that isn't already taken? I mean, all the animals. Stallion is an animal. Oh, yeah. All the animals in the kingdom are. Uh, are, are are taken um i think staff i'm going one i'm going there's going to be no more than one i'll i'm gonna say two i'll say two i don't know what other one um but there there'll be two we would do like a maybe like the houston owls who who do they even have <laughs> Ooh, who that? Ooh, I right? would. It would be like cool to play that on a PA at a stadium, but I don't think that's happening. I don't know. I, I, I just want the team names to come. I'm ready to react to them. I'm tired of speculating on them. We can move on if you're ready. Uh, it is an interesting conversation to have, and I think I understand why people like to have it. I think why people are worried about it, but they'll, they'll get here. They're, it's just patience. It's it's a long summer. It's a long um, stretch. How many weeks, Alan? Again, twenty eight weeks. That means at this rate, they could name one team every, what, <laughs> every four weeks, and we would be okay. No, oh, more than that. Not about four weeks. Oh, that's a, a one last one. Do you think they're going to roll them out, or do you think they're going to be all at once? I think at this point, they're just going to roll them out. I, if they do them one at a time, it would take eight weeks, two months to do it. If you do one a week, hmm, it just seems like too long of a timetable. Well, we'll uh, hopefully find out this week, and if not, um, I'm I'm fine with that because there's plenty else to talk about. Like our final topic for this week's show is we dive into the broadcast portion of the XFL. Excellent network partners we know about in Fox and ESPN, and well, they might think outside the box. We hope, and they were just at the spring league doing just that testing. And thinking outside the box. And let's speculate now on what an XFL game might look like on television in this week's Hot Read. Football fans, it is I, Bryant. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you for joining us on this road to 2020. In what normally is a slow-paced summer and a long wait for training camp, the XFL has fulfilled the football emptiness that we all feel this time of year. And, well, this is the XFL Show's helping you out as well on Patreon. With weekly bonus content and conversations about the XFL, This Is The XFL Show leaves no stone unturned in its coverage of the XFL. Listen to episodes up to a week before the general public and catch our monthly Patreon-exclusive bonus episodes where we go in-depth into a subject surrounding the XFL. Still need more? Well, we got you covered with our weekly This Is Not The XFL Show. Every week, we talk all things not XFL in the world of football, and with college football set to kick off in just a few months, come check out our Top 25 preview as Alan and Vince give their preseason Top 25. Also, coming up later this summer is our NFL Fantasy Football Special, where we will discuss some of the biggest questions surrounding all your fantasy football needs. And, if you can believe it, Jake will take part in fantasy football this season for the first time in his life. Don't wait anymore. If you haven't already, go to patreon.com forward slash this is the XFL show and check it out. There is also plenty of free content there, so you have really no reason not to check it out. Patreon.com forward slash this is the XFL show and get a first class seat on the fast track to XFL 2020. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! Hey, Ric Flair! 
Ric Flair. Pepper, flip, caliber. Motown, happy, jolly, drunk, buster, Boomer, tiger. I think he's got a hound too, Rodney, I think. I learned on the, that Peyton's Place show this week that they just released what Omaha means, Brian. Did you know what it means? Uh, please tell me. It means that uh, I don't have one time. One. To, I, it, means, it means you should watch it, and I don't have time to get into it. But it was it was an audible, and it was it had to do with the, the three-syllable word Omaha, and that would switch to the second play of a call, Peyton Manning. It was very interesting. I, th- I highly recommend it. Peyton's Place, but I digress. Let's talk about the network Peyton's Place airs on ESPN and how they might end up broadcasting XFL games because when the first XFL came around, Brian, I don't know about you, but I kind of was floored most of all by the way football was presented back then because it was unlike anything you ever seen. And I'm hoping we get that kind of innovation in a different way with the new XFL. I just... I can't pinpoint how it's going to be. With announcers, do, you know, there's a bunch of things you could do. Well, we, do you think, first of all, do you think it's going to be a traditional two-person booth, p- person on the sideline type deal? Is that what you expect? Yeah, two sideline, two people in the booth, maybe a third one here and there. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to be traditional in that sense. You're not going to have, you know, Vince Scully up in the booth, you know, calling a game by himself at this no longer done by anyone. You always have a play-by-play man and a color man. Um, Alan, can we talk a little bit too, just real quick for who, who don't know? ESPN, although we're only going to be talking about ESPN and Fox, ESPN does all the broadcasts for ABC. It's even ESPN on the actual channel. So uh, really no difference between the two. So do you see a difference between all the different networks being presented, the way they're going to present them? No, I think... That's going to be an important thing. The the fact that the XFL is going to be broadcast similar across the networks they're on because you want it to have a uniform look. You want people to know you're watching the XFL for sure. So I definitely think the, the XFL this week at the Spring League where not only were there players there trying out and there was uh, rules being tested, but broadcast partners there also taking part. I think that's a, that was a great place for everybody to get on the same page on how they want these games to look and uh hopefully not too many of those crazy air cams we saw in the aaf my goodness talk about just overusing something that could be a good thing if used sparingly you you need to know what to use when to use it i'm hoping for some you know spider cams like we used to see i'm hoping for some in the huddle type stuff or on the sidelines right up in someone's grill i want to see people screaming on the sidelines i I want that kind of uh, access which the xfl has been you know promising but i I also want colorful personalities uh, to be involved and i think a lot of people have been talking about that lately because we saw espn hired pat mcafee who is pretty much the quintessential colorful personality when it comes to uh, color analysts uh, of football these days or anybody doing a radio show or podcast. Uh, the former punter for the Colts has really stood out with his time at Barstool. He's had some you know, uh, work with the WWE, worked with Fox a bit, and now he's with ESPN doing college football they announced this week, and that just perked everybody's ears up because I think that's the exact kind of guy you want in the XFL, someone who's 
funny, who's quick-witted, who is a little quirky. One guy like that on the broadcasts, at least on the A broadcast team, I think is essential for the XFL to stand out. But his his skills have never been tried out at the in Ooh. play. Yes, right? he's he's called NFL really? games for Fox. Yeah, and, and and the week he did it, I remember. I mean, he was a he was a uh, a clip machine. Like you saw people t- uh, tweeting out and putting on uh, you know blogs. Like, oh my goodness, listen to this call by Pat McAfee after this Lions play or something. You know, I mean, you saw him at the NFL draft. How he was. Uh, you know, antagonizing Titans fans and really, you know, he's got the professional wrestling love in him. So that kind of, you know, everybody wants the XFL to steer clear from pro wrestling. But let's not forget that pro wrestling is seeped into everything in our culture. And that's because people like charisma and they're attracted to that and the, and the, and the ability to captivate an audience. And you need people like that who understand that kind of uh, psychology and that that. You know, the, the, they got to be a showman. You got to have a showman involved in this in we, some way, shape, or form. Whether it's during the broadcast or pre-games or what, I don't know. But they need someone like that. Uh, people really don't like to admit it, Alan, like you point out. But wrestling does have a, a certain impact, especially on the way you watch television, the way it's broadcast, the way it's produced. The Rock, would it be The Rock today if it wasn't for professional wrestling? He'd be the first one to admit it. So th- they're definitely looking for some more pizzazz, some more... Um, you know, a little film, not to, not to the level of 2001. Don't want that much, but definitely something uh, for 2020. Uh, and yeah, Pat McAfee is definitely someone uh, to think of. And we're going to run down this list of some other people that I think are going to fit that mold uh, just as well. Yeah, yeah. We, we've compiled a list of names here that uh, play by play. I, I looked at a bunch of play by play guys. You looked at some uh, color people, uh, you know, the, the ex players and whatnot. And we'll go through some names that we could pick apart from ESPN and Fox's teams. Obviously, they could also go outside people who aren't currently with the networks. Uh, and we'll dive into those and also uh, bring up what we might, you know, what kind of segments they might be able to do or how they might be able to frame the broadcast that might be a little bit different from normal football. Uh, side note, real quick Pat McAfee, his first game calling a football game for the. Uh, for ESPN and college football, UCLA and Cincinnati, Bryant. So you'll be experiencing ah. Pat McAfee for your first college football viewing of the season. I will report back accordingly, sir. I mean, I'll probably be watching that one too. That's must-watch TV. He's a hilarious guy, and uh, and he's from and he's from Pittsburgh. Not to not to oh, throw that out there either. But. Do talk picks on this with guys from Pittsburgh, <laughs> Alan. I will say this too: the AAF when they did this, uh, they brought in some uh, some non uh, recognizable names in terms of the play by play. It seemed like it was almost the 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 B or C teams, maybe in training for for professionals. I don't know if the XFL is really wanting that from ESPN and Fox for this. For, for broadcasting their games. Yeah, the play-by-play person, just as long as they can clearly call the action and explain the rules to people, I think that's all that matters. So the personality there doesn't matter. You, you don't need to get the Monday Night Football uh, host, Joe D- Tessitore, the play-by-play guy who also is great at boxing. You don't need ESPN's A play-by-play guy. Uh, you're, you're, maybe you could get the guy who quit Monday Night Football and Sean McDonough after having to work with John Gruden. <laughs> if they tell him, you don't, you get to call football, but not with John Gruden. Maybe he'll do it. Um, I'd like to see, uh, uh, you know, maybe even a classic guy. What about Gary Thorne, who's like 
mainly a hockey and baseball guy, but his he does Baltimore. I think he's working for Baltimore yes, now. Yes, yeah, he, he does Baltimore, Baltimore Orioles games, I think, or at least the Houston yeah, he did I heard the Mets. The other day. He was amazing voice. It's just a distinct voice uh, for ESPN. We're he talking. Uh, he was a top ESPN hockey guy too when ESPN had hockey. Wasn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. It's and then you got ESPN's former Sunday Night Football guy, Mark Mike Patrick, who used to call the games with Joe Theismann. I think he still does. Uh, like late night college football games or the or the, the prime time college football games on like SEC Network or maybe ESPN okay. two. Um, ESPN has a litany of quality play by play personalities: Pam Ward, Beth Moens, Reese Davis, you name it. Handsome Adam Amin, I'm a fan of anybody who's currently doing college football in February. Uh, hopefully, will be available for ESPN on the Fox side for play by play. Fox's play-by-plays are kind of more personality-driven. At least they have Joe Buck, obviously, is the number one. Uh, but Tim Brando, who does college football, is also kind of a uh, a guy who will do like editorials and, and and speak out. You know, speak. He'll he'll give opinion. And outside of like ESPN play-by-play guys, they don't normally do that. So Fox gives you that kind of attitude with their play-by-play people. And obviously, the guy who sticks out is Gus Johnson, who we all. Would, could just only dream about being the number one guy for XFL football come 2020. I think that's what we're all hoping for. I don't know if we're going to get that. Gus Johnson does do college basketball as well, and I don't. It, they might take. I don't. Who, we don't know what kind of pay these guys are going to get, or what the what what the, the what's going on behind the scenes with that with the broadcasts and who gets assigned what in terms of pay and whatnot. You're right. It's but you know what? In unlike, and this is going to turn into Brian J- bashing the AAF again episode probably. But unlike the AAF, this is going to the networks benefit from putting on the best show possible, right? The 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 CBS deal that the AAF had was not it had nothing to do with anything about hey let's look good. You're just paying me to be on my network. ESPN Fox is going to behoove them to actually make this as best as possible and announcing is part of that process. So I would assume they're going to bring in maybe not the top, but they're going to bring in some people that are really good. I'm hoping. And and then you got a, you got a list of personalities who I think we could definitely pick apart even more so because that's where the character of the broadcast comes from. And that's where you can have these, these, these shows is what they are. Their, their shows on TV stick out and set themselves apart when it comes to the people telling the story of these football games that we're going to be watching come February. Yeah, and I put some some color people together because you know that is where the that's what their name is. They're the color commentators, right? They 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 bring in the little they, they sprinkle their fairy dust on these uh, on these broadcasts to um to make them a little bit more exciting. Um, I'll go through a list here of stuff, and if you want to talk about anyone more specifically. Um, the one that stood out to me, especially during the NFL draft, and I feel like he he, he would do great things for the XFL, was uh, Booger McFarland. I thought for ESPN, he, if he could sit in a booth with someone, I'd love to hear him talk about a game as the game progressed. Yeah, Booger is the Monday Night Football lead guy, though. Now I don't, I just don't see that. Ha- do you think they're going to put aces from NFL broadcasts onto the XFL? Do you, I? I- I don't see. I mean, because would Troy Aikman do an XFL game? I highly doubt it. Unfortunately, but I don't. These are. You're, you're, I'm looking at the schedule. I have this lovely little postcard that I got from my friend Heather Carrot at, at the meet and greets at Buffalo Wild Wings, and it has the entire schedule on here. You're talking about two games on 
the networks of Disney, ESPN, and ABC on in week one, week two. I mean, every week I'm looking here. Just there are at least two games. You're gonna have. Are you gonna? You could you could spare him for one or two or three games in there somewhere. I mean, you're talking about 20 games that are gonna for sure be on either ABC or ESPN. Yeah, well, it's not like these guys are you know in a bullpen. They're just gonna get thrown out there. Their contracts and. You know they they have they already have it set what they're going to do. Who knows what goes on with the with the announcer and color commentator and play by play guy contracts? But I I'm hoping for bigger personalities. What I don't want to see is the studio you know talking heads, the yellers I call them from these channels incorporated into these shows. Keep them away. Too many of them are toxic, and, and whether you're a fan of them or not, but I just don't want. Does Skip Bayless need to be a part of an XFL no. Fox broadcast or Colin Coward? These guys are too polarizing, I think, to have uh, as as part part of the Stephen show. A. You don't want him in a booth, Stephen A. No, thank you. No. <laughs> what about with, what about someone with some some looks? Someone who 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 wowed women all over the this country many many years ago, and Jesse Palmer. Oh. Yeah, he's fine because he does he does color commentary for f- college football. That he that's a part of his repertoire. The other guys are just guys who yell. <laughs> I don't I don't want I don't want them on, on the on the broadcast pregame show. Sure, I guess, but during the game, let's let's keep it to ex players, quality play by play people, and, and and let's let's put put together a good crisp broadcast. What do you say? And, and throw in some innovations there with some camera work and audio is really what we want to hear. The CFL gives you the open mic games. They run disclaimers before every game. It's insane, but it's awesome. You feel like you're that's how you feel like you're on the field more so than I think the spider cam hearing the pl- the, the players scream out stuff during play is in, is incredibly uh, entertaining and insightful. I think I'm hoping they consider it. I'm sorry. I was just thinking about the new T-shirt that we're going to put out there that says "Audio is what we really want to hear." That's I love. Be a great t-shirt. I mean, yeah, I'm an audiophile for sure. But come on, who doesn't want to? Uh, the most famous thing Peyton Man- Manning ever did was yell "Omaha," and everybody yells it. You want to hear what they're screaming on the field? Imagine if we've been doing that for years. A lot of players could have made a lot of money and gotten a lot of free steaks or whatever. What they were yelling on the on the sideline or on the field there. I mean, that's... All right, we see, but, uh, Alan, it's just, I don't know about the disclaimer. We've already talked about it. It's not necessary to hear players cursing and saying, you know, you know, bad things to one another. I don't want to hear I the do... cursing. I just want to hear the play. I want to hear... Hey, he's going left. He's going... Mike, Mike, love, love. Ah, whatever. Ric Flair. <laughs> 412 Happy Jolly. Whatever. What if you rather hear that stuff on the, on the, the special, you know, XFL... Uh, live or whatever it is. Oh, you mean inside uh, the XFL on Showtime XFL. or HBO? Yeah, that would be great. Well, even on ESPN. All right, Alan, you said a couple foreign players. I'll, I'll bring these two up real quick. Joey Galloway, Brian Greasy. Uh, I, I think they they've done well in in their. I think Brian Greasy actually is a color guy for college, if I'm yep. not mistaken. And Joey Galloway is a studio guy. So if you put him in the booth, um, give him a shot, see if he can get his feet wet with the XFL. Do you think the XFL, in all honesty, is going to get 
because ESPN and, and Fox, more so ESPN, they have deep benches because they air games on you know ESPN Plus, oh. and they've got guys running like Sunbelt. They, they, they've got guys running Sunbelt, you know, conference games and and covering the AAC and instead of the a- ACC. I mean, the ACC network's going to have their own dedicated team now. You have the SEC network has their dedicated team. And that spreads it a little thin for the XFL. Do you think maybe they're going to get the guys who and, and girls who haven't gotten a, a shot yet at those uh, big network jobs yet? Maybe the people who have been lower on the bench? Is that what you anticipate? Because that's kind of what I feel sprinkled in with a few familiar names. Possibly. I think that, I think people put a lot of pressure, Not I don't want to say pressure, but a lot of weight on the broadcast teams to be recognizable. Really... Do you even recognize these names half the time if you're not there at the very beginning to when they when they introduce themselves? I mean that's the that's that's the real key is when they're talking. Do you know who is the, who's the person talking? Unless you're a true diehard football fan, you really don't know. So if they feel like they can get someone in there that could do a good job and give them a little bit more exposure, maybe get them into a pro game rather than a college game, if that makes any sense when it comes to broadcasting or any difference, I should say. Then yeah, I don't see a problem with that. I don't, again, this is almost like the team names discussion. Yeah, I want someone good. I want someone great. But and, and don't just throw anybody out there. But again, I think nobody that the either one of these networks is going to choose is really going to mess this up that badly. Yeah, well, there's there's no way to mess it up because I don't think people are as concerned about it as most other things. But the broadcast personnel is below the actual broadcast and the technology and the camera work and the access that is the main factor in the broadcast and how everything is framed and i'm hoping for ideally a little bit of spider cam a a lot of audio and way more access to the sidelines than we normally get i want to see instead of sideline reporters i want to see sideline uh, microphones in the faces of people screaming at each other and i i want to see side more candid sideline interviews less canned sideline interviews as well if we're going to have them because there's no point in running down a coach who's going to say blah 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 work harder in the second half i mean we need let's make let's make everything have substance and mean something during the broadcast instead of just filler i want all killer no filler if possible all right. Well, Alan, uh, there's no way. Okay. The other name, I have two more names on here. One I'll just bring up briefly because I don't think either one of us thinks it's going to, Kirk Herbstreit's not going to be doing any of this stuff, right? No, I don't think so. He's. I want a free show. Nah, I, maybe as a special guest. He travels like, like no other. Yeah. I mean, he, he does the morning shows in the morning, you know, in the morning from wherever, and then college game day, and then he's out and doing a game, you know, 3,000 miles away. Yeah. From, yeah. from August till. Uh, January, that guy's running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Uh, the guy who has a very lax schedule that w- I would love to see is Lee Corso involved somehow. But he, <laughs> then again, he's Lee Corso, and he's he's playing golf and chilling in Florida probably in those months. Especially, especially maybe he would call an XFL game in LA maybe at that time. But I don't even know if he wants to go out there. So uh, there's a lot of good personnel that I think there, there's more than enough for them to choose from. And if it is the up and comers or the the lesser knowns that's fine because there's a lot they can do with the broadcast that just makes it exciting uh do you want to see anybody outside the box like well the xfl original had wrestlers or wrestling commentators do you want to see anybody like that or i don't know like a comedian or anybody who isn't a former football player or sports person 
Uh, the one that I really want to see, and I hope they give him the chance, is I really want to see a, a Taylor Twillman from the, the soccer guy on ESPN, the the, the outlandish soccer guy. He just sa- just says know, the, cr- the 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 thing that's just going to upset the most people every single time. That guy. <laughs> I think he would do well. I think he would bring the energy. I think he's probably another Pat McAfee. Listen, they did not come out in the second half and play with fire. They all hate their children for for what they did. That's what something. That's like what he would say. I don't know. Not going to say that. I don't want that. I don't. I don't need that on my broadcast. Like I said, I don't want the yellers. I just want people who are there to have a good time and give us good crisp broadcasts. I think Pat McAfee's there. Someone who's funny, a little silly, but loves football. You. Know, I just want people who just like love. Love football and aren't there just to be broadcast. Oliver Luck. Just have him in the booth then. Oh my goodness. Imagine if Oliver <laughs> Luck called. The commissioner's way too busy to call a game every week. The game of the oh, week. Oh, he's in the booth at one point, I think. That'd be kind of a good, you know, couple series for him to, to sit in on and, and get interviewed at the same time. I'm looking forward to that now that I think about it too. All right, Alan. Uh, that's all I had for ESPN. Anybody else that you can think of for ESPN, real quick? Not for ESPN. Um, I mean, they've got so many people and they've been. Who'd you say, Carrot Top? You said comedians. I'm just bringing out some names. No, he's too visual. Uh, and <laughs> for, for and for Fox, I mean, it's, it's Gus Johnson or bust for me. If it's if <laughs> for play really? by for play by play guys, yeah, they don't have. I mean, everybody else they have is pretty good, but just he's the, he stands out, and they have a, so many different uh, you know f- football players and ex football players that they could reach out to. A lot of times they get current guys. I wouldn't be surprised if a current NFL player is also a, a, an analyst for one of these networks. That would be really cool. I wonder if that would be allowed. Who was it that uh, <laughs> that asked to be paid in quarters by the AAF to do a... Wasn't it a Marshawn Lynch? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Marshawn Lynch... No, no, he, he did it. He requested the quarters just to show up to their quarterback draft. That wasn't to do commentary, <laughs> yes, yes. or it was for like an interview or something during. Yeah, the, yeah. studio analyst, something like that it was hilarious. Around right, you, you mentioned ex players. I'll, I'll throw these two at you real quick. Well, I guess all three of them that I have on my list, but Matt Liner, Brady Quinn, I think are two obvious choices that I'd like to see in the booth. Um, they're not that bad, and they're pretty actually entertaining to listen to and. And, you know, it'd be recognizable names for the XFL. Ah, man. I wonder if Fox, if you get one of the Fox NFL Sunday morning show guys involved at all. Definitely not Strahan. He's the busiest man in America. But uh, Jimmy Johnson, Terry Bradshaw, maybe. Howie Long. What about Howie's son, Chris Long? What's he going to be doing? He just retired. Um, Tony Gonzalez, who's getting minted as a Hall of Famer this weekend. Or was as of everybody listening to the show. Um, man, I don't know. Is, yeah, who's even on the Fox roster? That's a good point. We'd have to go through that. Maybe we'll tweet out these links that we kind of use. But, Alan, some guy that I see on the sidelines at, at every uh, Pac-12 game that Fox broadcasts, I'd like to see him in a booth for a oh, couple yeah. of years. I, and he sometimes does uh, color, too. I know who you're about to say. Petros Papadakis. Papadakis Papadakis. Uh, you ask him, he probably doesn't know. But either way, he he's just got that energy. He's not a yeller. He's a very professional man, a Southern California native. Uh, knows so much about every level of of uh, football in Southern California. It's actually kind of quite quite scary. He's the rain man of high school football here. Um, but I'd love to see him in the booth. 
I mean, I'm a big Petros fan. Someone who uh, has you know worked in LA radio. Someone who listened to Los Angeles radio for a long time. Someone who's watched Los Angeles local news. He's also part of it. Petros Papadakis is just one of the finest human beings in in sports media. He's so he is exactly the kind of guy. I guess he would be Fox's answer to Pat McAfee on ESPN. I absolutely Ooh, think they are cut from the same cloth, and those are the kind of f- fun, energetic guys you need involved with the XFL. You got to have the straight man or, or woman on the on the play-by-play. You got to have someone who's entertaining and insightful at the same time. Hard to come by, but for the A team, your A color guy and A color guy on ESPN and A color guy on Fox, I think I think we've pinpointed it. It's got to be for me. It's got to be Pat McAfee on ESPN, Petros Papadakis on uh, Fox Sports. Alan, who pushes harder for their broadcasters to be the be- to be better, ESPN or Fox? I think there are probably more rules on ESPN announcers than there are on Fox announcers. So I think there's more creativity allowed on Fox than there might be on ESPN. So that. I guess if you, to answer your question, then I guess it's ESPN holds them to a certain standard more so than Fox. But the thing is, Fox allows you to kind of be you more than than ESPN does. There's a lot more editorial in a Fox broadcast from announcers than there is on ESPN. I think. Yeah, that's a good fair point. I think it it it, it it's going to make sense for Fox to to put out the best possible the best quality um, broadcast that it can. Um, it is on its parent, you know, the, the Fox Sports 1 and Fox is, is is their bread and butter. And there's not a lot of sports on FS1, at least not live. I mean, really, there isn't. So uh, I think Fox is going to try to make a big splash with with this and and, and make it as as crisp, a good crisp broadcast yeah. by Fox. I'm expecting good crisp football. And, and lastly, I want to ask you about graphics uh, on the screen. Do, do you want to see anything different from the traditional what you know what Fox has given us and ESPN? Um, do you want to see any explosions? Do you want to see a trail on the ball or something in terms of uh, visuals and the? What was that? I said, this isn't hockey. I can see the ball when it's being across the field. Uh, visuals. I guess we haven't really talked about this. We we might have to do a special bonus on Patreon about what we want the broadcast to actually look like. Yeah, because well, I'll tell you what I don't want. I'm not a fan of of the they have nowadays they they add they're adding to the traditional which I can't believe it's traditional now because we're I guess old enough now before there was even a first down yellow line on the field yeah. um, but now they're going off of that now you'll see uh, the entire field will be you know red like and, shadow yeah or something. shadow it so you could see how the down and distance and they'll show you the the whole tr- the trail of uh, like how far the play went afterwards and they're just you know throwing CGI all over all over the field I want to kind of Strip most of that away and just get to the basics. I want to know where the first down marker is. Um, I don't mind knowing how far a kick is going to be, you know, or how where you know the point they need to get for a kicker to be in range or whatever. I like that kind of thing, but I don't need all these the craziness that we've been seeing lately. Like, I, 
watching the Hall of Fame game this week, I mean, NBC was going berserk with graphics, and it was a little overwhelming. It get, it's too busy. Now, and then you also have to watch, they put Twitter scrolls on the bottom. And, and then interviews in the left corner. Too much to look at. Too much to look at. Um, I, I, I just say too much to look at, but I'm thinking this idea, and, and just bear with me for a second as I explain it. Picture in picture, the offensive coach on the left, the defensive coach on the right, and the main game in the middle, and you, you broadcast them both all live. I all like that. Screens. Maybe not for every single series, but you know, for like a crucial. What if like you're in the, a crucial series or something, or Ooh, you know, like a third down, third and ten, or something yeah, like or that? Just a for a big play, you, you know. You, I like that, especially when you uh, think about how the XFL is going to have all eleven communication, most likely. In you know the quarterback might not be screaming out orders then as much in this league, and it's going to be maybe uh, the offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator or someone. Maybe get the camera on that person to just visualize, give the, the fans a visualization of the person barking in the in the players' ears as they all collectively run to the line of scrimmage with only 25 seconds to get a playoff. I think that would be fascinating. Lots you could do. I think you need to experiment. You need to try. Obviously, there are going to be some stinkers, but you don't want to try too much. You know, you don't want to overwhelm us. You don't want to go berserk like the AAF did. My goodness, Brian. If that happens, that could that would be a disaster because that was just so irritating and distracting. I couldn't. I can't even tell you enough how much I hated that thing. The that sky can. I don't even know how anybody actually like. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. Well, most people say. understood why they were doing that too, right? Why they overutilized the spider cam? Well, they're trying to innovate, right? They're right. trying to be the expert. They were trying to. They were trying to hide something too. Empty <laughs> seats. They were. Let's face it. Who care? You know, I know some people think it's not a good look if some of the seats are empty, but that's. Don't. You're gonna keep the empty. At, yeah, at the expense product. of the fan at home watching, don't try to hide the, the, the lack of fan at the stadium. We don't care. We just want to watch the game and be able to see the play. Please. And that's, like I guess, all we can ask. And everything else would be a bonus. But um, that was uh, that was fun. And, man, because I've been, I've been working in this media game over a decade, I'll tell you. So I have a lot of ideas for how the games can be broadcast, Brian. But you're right; that sounds like a an entire Patreon episode, maybe where we go even deeper into it. But that was pretty thorough, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. I think we went through some names. We uh, went through some team names. We went through uh, a player um, invited to the 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 showcase. It was a lot, a lot of discussion today, Alan. Uh, it's going to be more discussion that we need to have there's so much that we need to talk about that we're gonna have to do uh, more and more patreon bonus episodes i just don't know this this show probably ran over two hours i feel like uh, it it feels like it but i think we're coming we're clocking in in a, a good crisp amount of time in the you know in the under 90 minutes which we're we're aiming for and also uh we, what a week for you know just the the show this week we were churning out content for for everybody you football freaks if you if you want it we got it for you talking about every single possible uh topic and and idea and and you know just we're having fun when it comes to the xfl we're examining the league at all angles each and every single day now and 
you know, it's only going to get bigger because we, we do have the Patreon and we put a lot of bonus stuff there, but our normal feed is going to start getting even more robust with, with free content. So stay tuned for that for sure and tell your friends to subscribe. And if, you know, I see it. I see it on social media, Brian. As we get closer to 2020, you do have a lot more people now who haven't been following it because we have been far away. We're still 28 weeks away. But now that we're getting closer, you do see people out there on social media asking their friends, asking followers, saying, hey, anybody know where I can uh, hear some XFL content, a, a, a podcast or something? And and just if you see or hear anybody yeah. asking that question, you send them our way because we got them covered. That's what we're here for. We're here to, to guide all you into the to the spring of 2020, and thank you all for spreading the word as much as possible. Hopefully, you're having as much fun listening as we are putting together all these shows. Alan, as many shows and as many things that we're talking about on the free stream, on Patreon, on YouTube, on Twitter, uh, we still have plenty to talk about, man. They're, we're not running out of topics here, so uh, stay tuned. As always, always a good stay tuned. Stay tuned for when those team names come out. You'll probably see some bonus coverage on our side. Um, and just stick with us. We'll, we'll, it's going to be a long road, but 28 weeks goes by just like that. And uh, we'll be back next week. And with if team names or not, like you said, so many things to talk about, so many angles to look at this league from, and uh, more interviews to come, more XFL for you. We've got it. You just subscribe and tell your friends and uh, just know that we appreciate you. And, of course, hit us up at XFL Show to keep the conversation going throughout the week on all social media. And, oh, the phone number. We'll give that out as we end here. 724-565-4XFL. Leave us a voicemail any time of the day. All right. Let's get out of here. And I'm going to go map out uh, exactly what kind of broadcasters I want to see in these games. And I'm going to pitch it to ESPN and Fox and maybe... Maybe I'll, I'll get us on the 50-yard line before every single game, Brian. I think we'd do a hell of a pregame show. 50-yard <laughs> line pregame shows are on the 25. We all know this, Alan. <laughs> all right. For Brian, I'm Alan. Thanks for listening. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.